from the studios here in Omaha, Nebraska, where it is raining cats and dogs, popsicles and penguins. I can't remember how those all go, but yeah, something like that. Um, It's time for another edition of The Other Kind Radio Talk Radio. Welcome to episode 61. Oh, and that was the other thing I was going to do. I wanted to I want to start finding the significance of the number of the episode the other kind of radio and communicate that. I think 61 was the, was the, the title of a movie. We'll get Todd on here in a minute and we'll, we'll figure that out together. Uh, today is August 11, 2019. The Other Kind Radio is a weekly podcast that uh, takes a look at uh, pop culture. And uh, folks, I uh, decided to restart my computer... Um, before the podcast, and it uh, closed all of my tabs, and so now I have to hit a button, and we'll uh, we'll rewind. All right, we'll try that. All right, the other kind of radio is a weekly podcast where we look at pop culture and say. Another teddy bear. My teddy's name is Teddy the. He talks, he tells stories, he... Four batteries not included. Hi, my name is Teddy Ruxpin. Can you and I be friends? Yeah. I really enjoy talking to people. I would like... Teddy Ruxpin, the storytelling bear, comes with illustrated book and cassette from Worlds of Wonder. My, oh my, have times changed. And if a kid brought in a talking teddy bear to class now, uh, I think there would be uh, other issues. But anyway, this is a pop culture podcast. And welcome. Oh, hey. That's what happens when you don't close the tab. Um, but I almost made it sound like we had a different kind of podcast there for a second. Um, my name is Jeff. I'm one of your hosts. If you're a returning kind listener, welcome back. Uh, we appreciate your support. Please continue to uh, send us your emails, your thoughts, your ideas, and uh, we'll get them incorporated into the show here. For first-time listeners, congratulating congratulations on finding uh, this podcast amongst the plethora of podcasts and we'd like to remind you as always please uh for all of our listeners like subscribe 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 i guess you subscribe would be like continually complaining about something so you can do that too if you want uh but subscribe to the show like it uh, by doing so you're helping feed the algorithm that keeps the podcast universe spinning and our show and its gravitational pull that might have been one of the roughest opens ever but that's okay we're gonna save the show right now by bringing on the real talent uh everybody knows he's a family member generator movie maker guitar player drum major book author dive boom bach founder and all-around renaissance man live from his studio somewhere near but not in or located specifically around the town of dallas please welcome todd i'm not subscribing about that open but i will say there were points in there where i was like where's jeff going but you know what what i love is you always come back and what what do you come back to you come back to me and that is the foundation of it all is it not that's right that's right 
That's so cool. I want to jump in real quick yeah. and say the, the significance of the number 61 in the pop culture lexicon of things yeah. such as films and television. We have Mr. Rogers Neighborhood had episode 61. There was a TV show called 61, and it may still be on. I've never heard of this. Oh, it's a web series. That's why I've never heard of it. No one else has either. But the <laughs> one that you are mentioning is 61, the film starring Billy, uh, Barry Pepper and directed by Billy Crystal yes. about Roger Maris and Mickey Mouse race to break Bay Ruth's single season home run record. There you have the correlation to our episode today. So I kind of like what we did there. And that's what we'll just do is, is we, as I announce the number, you can quickly, uh, be googling as i'm swerving all over the road with the intro and even the kind listeners going like uh 61 episodes huh you think you'd have it down by now um but you know that's the joy of recording live and uh <laughs> so what you're saying is while you drunkenly drive on the road i'm the friend in the front seat who's trying to grab the wheel from you causing even more chaos just for pr reasons we'll remove the word drunkenly uh <laughs> as we we don't condone or advise any kind listener to be operating any type of machinery vehicle or really even uh, trying to do any surgery on yourself while you're uh, under the influence of wow. alcohol. So, uh, and I thought you were going to go and thank you for the uh, the significance of 61. But first, I know we got a lot of kind listeners that were uh, informed that our episode was cut short last week due to an issue with the dog, the beagle. Please, Todd, give us an update. So, so first off, I, I want to apologize to everyone. I, you know... It, it, this may sound silly to say this, but I try to treat everything I do from this standpoint in my life, whether it be music or, or doing these recordings with Jeff, I try to treat it with respect. But when my wife of 25 years runs in and says something's wrong with the dog, I run. So uh, just to give the perspective, I ran downstairs last week and the dog just looks petrified like something's wrong almost like she's seen a ghost and she is literally shaking on the floor and i'm like okay something's wrong so we take her to the emergency room they can't find anything wrong um and we told them how we had a friend around here the dog had licked toads and believe it or not that it's a funny story you sit there and go lick a toad but they'll lick them and a defense mechanism is whatever the enzyme is on the back of a toad to keep a dog from eating it it makes the dog hallucinate and so we start going well maybe that's it she's kind of acting weird now, fast forward through the week, things get even worse. She just can barely move. And that's when we find out that she has herniated a disc in her back. Ugh. And luckily, you know, I, I'm somebody that's actually been through that. I herniated two discs. Jeff knows about this. I had surgery to have that eradicated. And I'm going to tell you right now, it sucks. The pain with that, that is, I've broken bones and those hurt. But that never stopping pain of a yeah. disc is just all because it's touching the nerve pack in the spine. It's just like, <clears throat> So the poor thing has gone through that. Luckily, we've avoided any medicines or steroids because we're just treating her, you know, super gently. Those things can, believe it or not, fix themselves to an extent. So right now she's okay. But yeah, we ended up in the emergency room for quite a while after I ran out last week. But she's okay. I'm glad to hear that. What's the dog's name again? Lucy. Lucy. All right. Well, we'll we'll send uh, positive vibes to Lucy. And hope that she's uh, feeling better. It's no fun when you got a dog, and don't you? There's no need to apologize. You know, you got to handle what you got to handle. So I'm glad that uh, things are at least uh, progressing a little bit. Thanks, Jeff. Um, so I was really pumped earlier this week when you texted me and said that you got to see a uh, sneak peek of the movie, um, Blinded by the Light, which is uh, inspired by the the music of Bruce Springsteen. 
And so, you know, you said, I said, yeah, let's talk about this, uh, this Sunday, let's do it. So I went online and bought a ticket and went to the movie theater and got to the counter and handed my guy my phone so he could scan it. And he kind of looked at me and I looked back at him and he said, sir, do you know that this tickets for the 18th? (laughs) (laughs) And there's no, there's only one answer you could say when you're standing there, you know, 10 days early or whatever for the film. He's like, Oh, uh, no, I didn't. Uh, Okay. (laughs) What? How how did I jump ahead in time? What do you mean? That's right. So we, we will talk about that movie, but, uh, I sadly, you know, with sunken shoulders turned around and headed back out the door uh and did not get to see it so we, we will be uh following up on that and and discussing that uh that particular uh movie which i am excited to to see especially uh re- after I, after i got home i just rewatched the preview for a couple times just to try and make up for not knowing what the hell was going on with the calendar <laughs> well you know we've all done things like that. And really what I found myself thinking is I, I often miss hanging out with you as a friend, but I thought I, this is the, one of those times I wish Jeff lived here with me in Dallas or I lived yeah. up Taylor with him because getting the, the sneak passes, um, it would have been great. We could have gone to that together. And I should, when you said, Hey, let's talk about it. I should have probably stepped in and gone, hang on. Uh, today is this day. I don't think it comes out till this day. Anyway, in the exuberance of it, we will talk about it, you know, and being a Springsteen fan, um, I obviously have some opinions on it, so oh, I yeah. can't wait till you see it. Cool. All right. Everybody knows that means let's get in some headlines. We've got a couple uh, to go through this week. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Aggressive Typewriter. Uh, the first headline we've got is uh, just to remind all the kind listeners out there that season three of glow dropped on Friday. Um, and that's significant because I think glow was one of the first shows that we reviewed when we started the podcast back up again. So, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it again and, uh, and checking it out. So season three glow back at, make sure you check it out, uh, as it's available and you can binge watch it. Um, our next headline is, is something that, uh, was just brought to my attention. There's a viral math problem that I guess is sweeping the country. Um, and basically the math problem is this, it's eight divided by two. And then in parentheses, two plus two and parentheses equals. And I guess there's a bunch of people that are coming up with all kinds of different answers. And if you write that out, I, I vaguely remember from, from my days in school that you always do parentheses first. So I'm thinking it would be, uh, eight divided by two and then two plus two is four. And then I guess it would be two times four would be eight. I don't know. Did you write so it down? I saw that problem too. And oh, then, did you? Uh, okay. the funny thing is maybe it's cause I was in school so much longer before you were, you know, back when we actually used stone tablets and whatnot. Yeah. But I had forgotten the whole thing of you do parentheses first, but when I saw that, I thought the answer was something like 16. So it's inside the the parentheses is what? Four. Two plus two? Plus two yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. So you got four. Right. Then it's eight divided by two on the outside of it, right? right? So then it becomes four times four, so it's 16. Ah. 
I, I saw that too. And I was like, you know, Hey, uh, this is the reason that I don't do math for a living. So, but, but if, the, if this is, a, if this is a, any indication of the times that we're living in, the mm-hmm. article says, so the answer is one. Really? And, and then it says the answer is also 16. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we got partial credit. I guess we did get some partial credit with math and in, 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 in high school, but it's like, there can't be two, two, <laughs> two answers. Yeah, and I saw the the snarkiness of it because, in fact, I, over dinner last night with with friends, I was talking about how social media has turned into nothing but the banging of your chest to prove that you're smarter and you understand something deeper. Right. There are all these people. Well, I have a degree in mathematics, and it's this. And then this one professor came in and said, "Well, you apparently got a really <laughs> crappy degree because I'm a professor at this place." And it's like, oh my god, can we all just find out what right. the answer is? Right. And not be nasty about it. That that's where these viral sensations just take me, and I'm like, whatever. You know, that's an interesting thing to say, and that might be a subject for for a show down the road. But that's really what it's come down to. Because you, you, back in the day, back in early in our day, I mean, everybody BS'd everybody, but at least you just did it in your circle of friends. Right. And then if I said something incorrect, I could come back to you in person a week later and say, hey, remember when we were having the discussion about, you know, if if Godzilla could beat up King Kong and, and <laughs> I called you a, you know, a piece of shit or something. Let's get the beep going. Um, I apo- That's a post beep. I, I apologize for that. And you go, you know what? We both had, you know, a beer or two and we're good. Now it's just launching all of these comments on Twitter and Facebook and everything else. It just makes it all explode. It's funny you say that about the apologizing. Cause so again, I'm out with friends last night and the conversation goes to politics, which I like oh so boy. many people try to avoid. Yes, please. Um, and this is a friend that is on the opposite end of the spectrum, but we usually can discuss these things without getting nasty, but because we'd all had too much to drink, uh, it starts getting nasty. And so just this morning I'm going, I'm going to see him this afternoon. I'm like, I probably want to see him should just do the whole, Hey man, there's too much to drink last night. No, I'm not mad at you about that. Right. It, that's the thing. Social media is like alcohol. When you put together Ooh. things that are touchy, they both make it worse. That's uh, I'm going to I'm printing up the T-shirts right now. It, I was just about to say, could somebody really like trademark that for us so we don't lose that? But really, I, I, I am almost done with social media. And I even told my wife this morning after too much alcohol, I said, I'm almost done with alcohol. It's almost Ooh, reached this point, too. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. It won't, uh, work. It won't last. So now we're going to travel to uh, the NFL. Okay. And um, the headline that we're getting off of uh, dig.com is football player sneaks his way into an NFL tryout and returns the punt for a touchdown in his first game. So back in April, uh, boy, this guy's last name. I'm so sorry. Damon is his first name. His last name, and I'll just start spelling it because I know we have highly educated, kind listeners, and I just will let them uh, figure it out rather than me say the name incorrectly. So it's Damon and his last name is spelled S-H-E-E-H-Y hyphen G-U-I-S-E-P-P-I. Shishi Gusheppi. Anyway, found the Miami, he, that gentleman found the Miami address of the Cleveland Browns training camp and snuck his way under the tryout by lying that he knew the Browns vice president uh, of player personnel. At the time of the tryout, uh, we'll just continue to call him Damon. Uh, was penniless and sleeping on a street outside a gym. Last night during the Browns' preseason game against Washington Redskins, he took a punt to the house. And then, 
again, as not to continue our theme of stories and internet today, the last line of the story is what a story. There's no indication of whether they're going to keep him on the team or kick him off the team or anything. It just says the last line says what a story. And that's it. So I saw this flash by this week and I think the headline I saw something was like penniless guy sleeping outside now on the team, something like that. Right. I hadn't heard about the touchdown and, and I've just watched the touchdown run about three or four times and look, he, he has a perfect little seam. He busts it. He goes, he's, but this is going to sound awful. Uh-oh. Watching enough football, but when you watch it, you're like, he doesn't have that special something. Because this is preseason. It's against the Washington Redskins, who is a Cowboy fan. The Redskins suck. Sorry if right. you're a Redskins fan. They suck. You can tell me the Cowboys suck. Great. He's, yeah, whatever. Okay. Well, I mean, still, I guess it's... Uh, a cool story, though. Yeah, yeah. So maybe they're not going to keep him on the team. I, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah, and it wasn't... He, he may make it on the practice squad. Right. Exactly. And hey, that's great. He, You know what? That's the scene thing. You're on the practice squad. I think the... Minimum salary you have to make is like two hundred fifty thousand bucks. There you go. Hey, I'll take it. Practice makes perfect. All right. Well, well. Good luck to Damon. We hope uh, he uh, things this helps him out a bit, gets him in a better place. All right. And the last headline we have today was something I saw that came across Twitter, and I was really excited about it. And then now it looks like it's just a repost. But I quickly want to go through. Uh, this with Todd, and it's um, the director, talented director Spike Lee, who gave one of the worst Oscar acceptance speeches uh, earlier this year, um, has a essential list of films for filmmakers. And the one I read I, was more geared towards directors, but as we repurpose information on the internet, who knows, you just change a couple words. But um, I have... Uh, through the magic of the internet, gotten this information to Todd, and I'm sure he's looking at it right now. And it's kind of all over the place. Now, I don't know if he put these in any particular order because they also chronologically bounce around uh, kind of crazy. Um, but I'll go just through a few of the beginning one. And then, uh, Todd, if you see anything that really catches your eye, let me know. But we start out with uh, Bad Lieutenant, uh, which came out in 1992. And it's, is it Rush, Rush Alman? Rashomon. Rashomon from 1950. Oh, Yojimbo by, I hope I said that right, 1961. Ran, which came Ron. out. Ron. Oh, mm-hmm. Ron spelled R-A-N. Gotcha. 1985, Rear Window. I'm familiar with that from 1954. He's got a couple Alfred Hitchcocks, Bonnie and Clyde, Killer of Sheep, Night of the Hunter, which I know is one of my my dad's favorite films. Uh, from 1955 is on there. Did you, you know, Godfather, Godfather Part Two? Anything else that catches your eyes on this? Yeah, yeah. As I'm going along with this, so a lot of those that you mentioned at the first with the Asian names are Kira Kurosawa, who is considered to be one of the greats, one of the the Asian filmmakers that informed George Lucas, etc. That immediately says to me, okay, so these may not only be favorite films, but they're films that can teach you if you want to learn the language of film, and really. When you start looking at this, I mean, he's got David Lean, Lawrence of Arabia. He's got a lot of Ilya Kazan, Francois Truffaut. And it, for those that may not know these people, these are filmmakers that informed certain things. And when he gets to Orson Welles, he doesn't put Citizen Kane. He puts Touch of Evil, which is more the latter part of Welles' career. But to the, the film fanatics, it's considered to be one of his great films. So I think this is exactly... Where I'm going is that 
I'm sorry, I'm looking one more time down. No, no, stuff, no. That these are definitely films. Yeah, you start getting down to Victorio De Sica with The Bicycle Thief. Um, I was surprised to see Mad Max and the Road uh, Warrior listed on here as well. But I'll, so Mad Max and the Road Warrior, and I did. I I'm one of those that did not like the most recent Mad Max film. Thunderdome. To, no, not Thunderdome. The last one that he made without Mel Gibson. Oh, was Yeah, yeah. I didn't like it. I didn't find it as beautifully structured. The Road Warrior is all but a silent film, and I've talked about it before. The best film in the world is the kind where you can tell the story without dialogue and road warrior is exactly that. So if, if I'm giving people the chance to learn about how to make movies, I I'd be hard pressed not to say the road warrior is a great example. So yeah, Mad Max, I'm surprised he has on there because that movie was obviously the, the, the prequel, if you will, or the first mm-hmm. chapter in it. Um, or, or, or was it, was it Mad Max or the road warrior? What's the one Mad where Max he's was first. Okay. Where he's the cop. Yes. And that one you can tell, I mean, they overdubbed it and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So there's some elements, but maybe he was looking at the 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 cinematography and everything else. So okay, I think he is because you know it shows George Miller at the height of his game. Where again, even though the, you can see the magic of that film, despite the fact that at that era they were like, we have to overdub this with a little bit more American accents because Mel Gibson's Australian accent is so hard to understand. Right. If you turn that sound off, it's almost like the road where you where you don't need to hear him. You uh, understand the story. So I, I understand why he probably says you need to watch both these both of these because here's the real independent version of it, and here is Road Warrior, which is all but the same kind of film, just with a bigger budget. But that, uh, this is a cool list. I'm gonna have to to go through this. There are a couple of surprises. I'm surprised to see that he puts To Kill a Mockingbird on here. Mm-hmm. Not that it's not a good movie, but I wouldn't think of that as an essential movie to watch except that spike does like to have social issues in his stories and that one handles its social issue very well singing in the rain that's that's to me and then of course he's got kubrick on here with past glory spartacus and dr strange love mm-hmm. um and then and then and then your your guy steven spielberg on here with empire of the sun which is a great movie and then the close encounters um but I do no surprised think- to see Terrence Malick on here too. I mean, there, yeah. there. When you go through this, and if you understand those prestige directors, you're going to see a lot of things. Where you're like, okay, I completely get this list. But I'm going to have to print this off and see. There, yeah. I, and this is not to sound snotty. There are a few that I actually have never watched, and I'm like, okay, I'm kind of curious why he's putting this on here. So I'm going to have to watch some of this. It definitely is a wide range of of directors, styles, and. Uh, storytelling that I think, yeah. I mean, if you're going to be a director, these are some things that you need to watch and uh, take some uh, take some notes on. Yeah, I, I find it very very interesting that coming up the age he did that Star Wars isn't on here, but that's what even makes this more interesting is that he truly found these directors. Pretty cool list. Yeah. All right, that's headlines. Want to thank everybody for uh, getting those to us and sending them in. It was good to uh, kind of go over those. Um, this week we're going to continue on with, uh, we'll do Jeff's judgment first. Ooh, I don't know why I have it, but I, I do have it first. So I'll get into that real quick. Um, my judgment this week is on a new game that just came out. It's an indie game and it's called vigor. Um, right now with game pass on Xbox, it's free. Otherwise it's uh, $20. Um, and the reason why I'm bringing it up because, in this age of uh, everything having battle royale and single player storytelling games are, are are becoming few and fewer this game takes an interesting look at how to uh kind of incorporate some different elements that i thought were interesting so basically vigor takes place in sweden right after a nuclear 
war, I think in, in the 1990s and you play a survivor and you generate your character and it's a third person game, meaning that you are looking behind your character and, um, you, the, the basic gist of the game is you have this safe area and the goal is to try and collect supplies and different things to fix up your safe, your house, your little farm you have to, uh, ins- you know, help, you know, continue on humanity. The way the game works is when you're not at your farm fixing things and, and crafting things, you go into a, a zone and you don't know how many other people are in that zone with you. Uh, your goal is to try to gather as many resources as you can and then get out. Uh, after a certain amount of time, they say that a radiation cloud is going to you know, come in. And so it, it's uh, basically... All right. Uh, oh, my God. I have seriously so sorry about that, Jeff. It's all right. It's all right. Um, wow. What was that? I, I I don't understand how that happened. I have uh, my my speakers on my computer muted, and I'm cross referencing this so I can speak. Yeah. And an ad played, and of but course. it didn't play through the system. It went through the speaker. So sorry. I tell about you that. that. Uh, no worries. No worries. I had to go and get a plugin for Chrome called Auto Mute, and that Ooh. sucker mutes everything until almost to a fault where you're I'm mm-hmm. like you know now you're like I've got to go and click it. But yeah, that way if you go on a web page. And it's, you know, just, you're just trying to read an article and it's going to start playing crap. It, it mutes it. Um, that's auto mute for Chrome extension. Awesome. Um, so anyway, uh, you get put dropped in the zone. You don't know how many other people that you're with. Um, they can be friendly, but most are foe. And then you, you know, the maps aren't too big, but you basically have your, your map you look at and you can go look for stuff and then there's a drop an airdrop a supply drop that comes in but if you go and get the supply drop then people can track you and trying to chase you down and then like i said after a period of time you're told to, to go to one of the exits which were marked on that map that take you back home um i probably spent maybe an hour and a half in this game um, it's a great concept um the mechanics could use some work. The The looting is, is fine, but I've been into a couple of engagements with uh, other players, and the shooting mechanic is very broken. Um, and I'm not claiming this because uh, I'm like a super great shot or anything, but uh, you, you can have somebody definitely down the sights, and, and it's a little sporadic as far as uh, making contact or hitting your target. Um, but uh, I did watch uh, some additional reviews on this, and one of the things that they mentioned and i found to be true especially putting the headphones on is one of the shining elements of it is the sound they did a really good job of um getting all the sounds of nature and and you know whether you're opening up a truck door to see what you can loot inside or even working the combination there's some safes that are uh throughout the map you can try and hack them uh those sounds are done very well um eventually this game is going to be free Right now, I think they're charging just uh, for early access. Um, if you have uh, played through everything else and are looking for something different, I would check out Vigor, V-I-G-O-R, on the Xbox. And if, you like I said, you got Game Pass, you can go there free. I'll turn it over to Todd for any thoughts he may have on this. Well, immediately when you start doing that, having the uh, Game Pass, I, I thought, okay, I'm going to download it. I want to try it because I am looking for things like mm-hmm. that but something you said in there piqued my interest and i really want to consider this for a future show and that's about 
the behavior of you said some people when you get to this certain point are friendly most are not right i was recently without going deep into this playing a game with sean from men of the apes yeah uh called dead by daylight Mm -hmm. and fun little game and in that you're running from a serial killer and you can band together and work together as a team or you can let them be sacrificial so you win and that's Mm -hmm. kind of the point of it right and I had one person, you know, so Sean and I are playing together and I have one person ping me afterwards, calling me every name in the world. Don't know this person because <laughs> you chose to succeed over helping me live. And I thought, well, first off, this is a fictional digital character. Don't take this personally. I want to talk about the behavior of people online and that kind of weirdness. It, I, gaming has gotten into this weird, weird little area like that where yeah. I almost don't want to play with other people. Yeah, it, it, it is interesting. And especially um, now that they can message you and all that other stuff, it's kind of interesting because right. you just think you're playing a game and then I'll jump back on the Xbox, you know, like the next day and be like, oh, I've got messages. And somebody will be like, I can't believe you didn't take the flag and take the right wing. Yeah, it's and, and then there's tons of... Uh, that's in there as well uh and it's usually like little bitty children cussing at me and i'm kind of like you know if i want that i'll go get my own kid and let her cuss at me but right i I digress on that but this sounds like an interesting game i just want to consider that for a future conversation i've got it written down i think that would be great uh so that's uh jeff's judgment on for this edition of the other kind radio vigor v-i-g-o-r available on xbox uh xbox one uh for download uh, now we'll throw it over to Todd's take on. Let's go ahead and get the projector fired up and ask the all important question. Todd, what's your take on this week? So I'm going to do something a little different than what I usually do with this segment. Usually I'll tell you what I'm experiencing this time to get you interested, but I'm going to drop something in the hopes that I can get people to start right away. And this is the second season of AMC's anthology show called The Terror. The first season took place uh, in 1848, where two real-life warships were sent out on a Royal Naval expedition to find the treacherous Northern Pass that became trapped in the ice and had to face starvation, mutiny, cannibalism, and a demonic polar bear. What they did with that was they decided to take real historical elements and slide in a horror story, and it literally was very creepy it was very good even though i i don't jeff did you watch that first season i watched some of it i think i got to the hint of the polar bear Mm -hmm. um but i i I can't remember what happened i'd have to go back and watch it again well it's funny because as i told this i thought oh my god this might have a little bit of dos boot element for jeff (laughs) and that there was lots of shots of people inside going crazy but for those of us who love those slow turn like it's cranking up the tension the second season takes place on the west coast of the u.s during world war ii and it's going to center on an uncanny specter that menaces a japanese american community from its home in southern california as they go into the internment camps during the war in the pacific so they're trying to tell about that that part of history that often gets brushed aside the idea that we actually took a lot of japanese americans because we were afraid and we put them in there it's wrong but there's a real reason why they did it they're also going to interject now a little bit of the Asian culture of specters. The, mm. the, that's their idea of ghosts. And the previews look scary as all snot. So I'm hoping a lot of listeners will join in with me because I think it's a pretty cool little series. Every year is a different 
they're going to make it a different horror story based around history. So I'm pretty excited that premieres tomorrow on AMC. So, yeah, what I like that they're doing here is um, kind of getting into what American Horror Story did, where you, you know, you have a story that you're telling and you kind of go through and then each season can either take place at a different time or in a different location. But it's good old fun ghost story, and uh, I'll have to I'll have to look. I remember a scene with an igloo, um, and somebody got saved. But yeah, I, it, it is a very good series. It is very um, uh, paced. It, it it definitely has its uh, its pace that it goes through. That, that that to me, if I remember correctly, was a little slow. But I I need to go back and watch it because I do want to see this new season as well. All well, right. It's got the great Jared Harrison. If you oh, know who that is, nope. he was in that first season. Boy, he's stinging great. See the guy with like uh, the dark hair and very stoic face. Well, he was the guy that was the lead in um, Chernobyl with the kind of reddish hair. Oh, the guy from he's, Mad Men. Yeah, he's yeah. in the the he's the main star of the first season of The Terror, and I he's just a, an amazingly gifted actor. All right, so The Terror AMC, and you say it starts when. It starts tomorrow, starts August twelfth on AMC. There you go. We will uh, we'll put the projector away for another week. And thank you for Todd's take on uh, the new show or the continuing our second season for the Terror. All right. So this was something I wanted to do uh, last week, but we got uh, things cut short, which is fine because we can do it this week. I'm introducing a new segment called Opening Liners, and uh, it's inspired by my buddy Todd. In the sense that I was wondering how well he and I would do trying to guess a movie by its opening line. Ooh. So here is your, this one's just for you. Obviously, I know what the answers are because I had to create them. But here is your first try at the new segment, opening line. And then what I want to do is we'll leave one for the kind listener. Uh, and they can email us. Uh, get us on Twitter or whatever and tell us if um, what they think the answer may be. So here is your first entry into opening liners. Listen closely. Cletus Summers office? Upstairs. Thank you. You're not the new coach. Are you expecting somebody different? <laughs> Younger. Yes. Oh, sorry to disappoint you. Yeah. So do you want to try and guess the, the film or do you want to tell me about like what you picked up and noticed about that? I'm gonna here's what I'm gonna guess. I don't know the film. Okay. And and you may come in and go, oh, it's then I go, oh, okay. I'm gonna guess that it came out in the eighties. Oh, uh, I don't know. Let me look real quick here. Um, did you recognize perhaps the actor's no, voice? No, I, I okay. can't say I did. Here's the reason that I, I'm guessing the 80s. That synthesizer off the top sounded very 80s-ish. <laughs> yes. So unless they're trying to pull the idea of the 80s, early 90s, I I, I don't know, Jeff. Um. Okay. And and uh, I can't remember what, <laughs> what the name of the movie. Oh, got it now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 
Oh, here's our opening liners. Todd, you got it? Hey, right. I got to see if you're right. You are correct. It came in, uh, it was uh, uh, released in theaters in okay. 1986. So that's great. And it was kind of difficult creating, and I'll get better at creating these hints because no, you're good. Um, I didn't know how far to go because obviously when you know the answer, it's very obvious. So okay. 1986, and obviously you heard a school bell. And something about being the new coach. Yes. Huh. I'm trying to think of sports films. The coach. He's younger than what they expected. No. Uh. Uh. She. She said. Uh, um. I expected. He. He said expecting someone else, and she goes, "Someone younger." Younger. And he younger. said, "Oh, I'm sorry to disappoint." I have no idea. Varsity Blue. That's that's a great guess. I think Varsity Blue came out in the '90s. Okay. The voice um, you heard is an actor. Uh, boy, see, I'm, I've got to figure out how I can do this and not give it all the way away from you. Um, I'll tell you the character's name, and maybe you can go from there. Uh, the the guy's voice who we heard was Coach Norman Dale. That sounds familiar, and I still don't know. And the actor... Um, is Gene Hackman. Oh, uh, that'd be Hoosiers. Yes. Wow, they put that crappy synthesizer at the first of Hoosiers? <laughs> it's like the first minute and a half is just just that. And so I obviously didn't play all that because the opening scene is him driving through the countryside into the town. Okay. That's a great movie. Uh, it's one of those that, man, I, I will watch that anytime it comes on. But do you know how this is, those great movies that you see, and you're like, man, I'll watch that, yeah, and you don't yeah. see the first 20 yeah. minutes ever? Yeah, that's, that's that movie to me. That's kind of the uh, the the gist behind this bit, because I, I find it interesting, because for um, for years, I'd run around and it would talk with friends and everything, and be like, oh, you know, what, what movies do you like? And i go, oh, man, I love the movie The Right Stuff. In that beginning, mm-hmm. they shot against the cloud and hear the voice go, there's a demon that lives in the sky. So then I go back and watch it later, and I had the line wrong. It's There's a demon that lives in the air. Yeah. So, you know, born out of that. Okay, I'll give you, are you ready for your, your second second one? Please let, please let this be Rosebud. Please <laughs> let this be Rosebud. Yeah, because the first words in that movie is Rosebud. I thought about that. <laughs> I wasn't going to make it that easy. All right, this this one will take some listening too, but I tried to include some stuff that might, again, give you context as far as time. Here you go, Let's your go. second one. How many times you wash out with EPA? Uh, yes, sir, but finally uh, clearing EPA. No. Uh, just one or two more days. Three times? You're really on a roll here, my friend. Four cars, three times each. Mm-hmm. That's zip for 12. What are you, a mechanic or a NASA engineer? Now listen, now, I told you I've never dealt with these Lamborghinis before, and yet you assured me that you could mm-hmm. deliver these cars within that time frame. Well- That's Tom Cruise, right? Yes, good. I I don't know that I've seen that Tom Cruise movie, and I I may be wrong. Cocktail? No, but the okay. um and, and the intro is kind of tough because uh, obviously you hear the woman speaking in a foreign language, mm-hmm. you hear another guy talking about moving stuff, and then you hear uh, um, 
Tom Cruise's voice saying, you know, also doing kind of the, the hustling thing. Hey, man, you know, uh, can you move these cars or not? Rain Man? Yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> See, that was the thing is I, I sit there and I, it, it took me a while and I thought, okay, the car is a part of risky business, but he wouldn't be that cavalier. Right. I can't think of it. I know he's a little bit cocky and cocktail. I've never seen that movie. I, I, God, I haven't seen the beginning of Rain Man and I don't know how long. Exactly. So we'll continue to do this, uh, this bit as I think it's kind of fun. It's cool. It's kind of fun. And I wanted to make sure I included that song because that song's all over that movie. Yeah. The, the, that one, Ico, I, yeah, whatever that, it is. I'm glad you actually played that. I, I need to show that movie to my kid. I think she'd like that a yeah. lot. By yes. the great Barry Levinson. Mm-hmm. So we'll work it out. We'll work on a little bit more. I'm just noticing now that my third one, which I was going to leave for the kind listener, is not loaded on my board. So I will reload that and maybe we'll post it um, on social media and you guys can give it a shot. But uh, that's our, our new segment here on the other kind radio called opening liners. And um, Todd, if there's you know one you want to do or test me on. Feel free to record it and send it to me, and you know we'll uh, we'll play it on air. But I, I want to continue to do that because I, I am I like you am fascinated by how movies start, mm-hmm. you know, and that that opening line of of it. Because again, it's so quickly forgotten because you're looking at the development and everything else that gets uh, uh, gets the story moving. Nice segment. I like that, okay. Jeff. And, cool. And I, I feel very tripped up, but I like it. Yeah. Well, you got Rain Man and Hoosiers is a little bit different because the other thing I the longer I left that conversation going. The easier the like immediate easier it became because you start hearing Hackman and you yeah, know, what? Gene, I'll Gene Hackman say, has one of those weird voices, yeah, though, does. that's an every person voice where at least when you start to hear Tom Cruise, you know who that yeah, is eventually. Yeah. Hackman is just one of those everyday actors, which, by the way, we're eventually going to get around to watching some of his 70s films that you may not have seen before. Like the French, Great stuff French the, Connection, huh? was he in the French what? Connection? Yeah, yeah. That's a good no. One. I'm talking more about the the conversation, which was directed by oh. um, Francis Ford Coppola right after The Godfather, and it's a much darker film. And the, it is the conversation, ooh. son. I need you to I need you to sit down. You're you're entering your teenage years now, and there's a couple <laughs> things I need to tell you. Not that conversation. I know you just had that last <laughs> week with your dad, but not that one. <laughs> Yes, I finally hit puberty last week. Woohoo! It's been fun. <laughs> All right, so we'll we'll do some more of uh, opening liners, and and uh, I'll find that one for the kind listener and post it somewhere so you guys can play along as well. All right, so we'll move on to center stage, and this particular show has been getting a lot of uh, pub. I guess would be the the industry word, um, and I hadn't really heard anything about it. I hadn't really um, been seeking it out or anything as well, but we're talking about the new, I'm trying to see if we have there. We do. It's uh, it's on Amazon Prime and all, this, all the episodes are available and I'm sure uh, Todd will be able to tell us the tale of the tape, but we're talking about the new uh, Amazon Prime show called The Boys which by its title, I would have never guessed what it was about. It is a weird title. I, I, I even kind of wondered that this morning. I was like, where does this come from? And I'm excited <laughs> to see where it goes. So I, very simply, The Boys is a 
adaptation of Garth Ennis's comic book about a group of vigilantes that set out to take down corrupt superheroes who abuse their superpowers. Garth Ennis is a writer, a comic book writer that created Preacher. If you've never heard of Preacher, ah. that there's a show on AMC, and you know I'm trying to actually find the very. Here, here's a, if you don't know what Preacher is, it tells the story of Jesse Custer, a preacher in small town, Texas of Anvil. Custer is accidentally possessed by a supernatural creature called Gen- named Genesis uh, that allows him to have the voice of God. And he goes on an odyssey to find God and, th- mm. and things like that. So it's the comic was great. The TV show I don't care for so much. Yeah. Um, this has that same sensibility so what, what they're going to try to to do right away like I, I said the corrupt superheroes imagine not only are there real superheroes but they exist in the world we do where the prevalent pop culture influence are superhero movies and video games and things like that so imagine if those were real people so if you really had captain america and iron man they were real people in this world eventually they would become privacy uh, privatized or even probably publicly traded mm-hmm. corporate entities and so the corruption that goes along with the power the adulation the money Tell that juxtaposed against the reality of somebody doing, you know, their superpowers accidentally harming people. So it tries to be that commentary on what we are creating now as our entertainment. I like that the heroes are managed by what, and it's not their name, but it would basically be the equivalent of like a Apple or Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, this huge corporation that has all these people doing a, a PR and uh, you hear a lot of marketing terms uh, brought up in the script and it's all about, uh, like you said, monetizing their super ability um, or abilities they have and they're known as the seven. So there's seven of them and the story opens with um, one of the seven, I think, retiring and they're looking yes. for a new superhero. So I guess these, they call them soups, um, which I thought was something you ate on a cold, rainy day. But anyway, um, <laughs> these uh, these soups um, can try out. So it's kind of like watching um, American Idol. And they, you know, give their bio. And their and they thought it was funny that, that she gave her weight and height, which I guess that's for the PR people. Um and, and very quickly, uh, we're introduced to some of the anti-heroes, uh, one of them being a young man who is working at an audiovisual store. So right off the bat, I was like, woo because, you know, I'm in audiovisual, and very rarely are the audiovisual guys ever <laughs> right. represented in, uh, in anything. Especially as the hero of a show. Right. Uh, and, uh, this, this could be a, a minor spoiler, but it's in episode one. And we must say that I've watched, I think five episodes Todd has watched like one and a half. So, uh, we're, what we're, you will see this anyway, and we're just trying to share, share it with the kind listeners. So they kind of have an idea of what's going on. But basically the main character has his girlfriend come into where he's working and they're walking on the sidewalk talking and in love and talking about moving in together. And then in a very creative way uh, with FX, um, she kind of explodes right in front of him. Um, and there's that scene where he looks down. He, they were holding hands, and he's still holding onto her hands. Just the rest of her body's not there. 
And what we realized has happened is one of the superheroes, which could be, you say, modeled after Flash, um, has run through uh, his girlfriend, obviously distracted, not looking where he's going at his supersonic speed. And I guess that's what would happen <laughs> if you got run through, um, which starts the whole questioning of, of the seven and this giant company and, and how these man these uh, soups are being managed. Um, you know, from the, from the first episode, definitely had my attention, uh, good hook and everything. Um, the only thing that, that, that I just felt myself not really being able to, to get, uh, comfortable with the actors that were put into these roles. Um, I, I get that they're borrowing from different superheroes and, and, um, different powers that already exist in other Marvel and DC universes. But, um, the, the main character and then, you know, the guy that, that he kind of meets up with to kind of form this team, the boys, um, I don't know, to me just seemed a little, a little forced and a, a little too, too borrowed, um, from other shows that I've seen. And I, I, you know, again, I could be misreading that. I know that you've got a different opinion of it. Um, but that's kind of where I started as so I'm, I'm just trying to get comfortable uh, with what uh, what's going on. I, I'll be honest. I have the exact opposite opinion of it because immediately. So first off, Carl Urban, who you may have seen in the Lord of the Rings films. He also played uh, Bones McCoy in the new Star Trek films. He plays sort of the anti-hero Billy Butcher that comes along after Huey, played by Jack Quaid, uh, watches his girlfriend be essentially murdered in front of him. Yeah. Uh, if I find note, Jack Quaid is the the child of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. Oh. Uh, immediately, I was like, "Why do I know this?" He looked and literally, he, you know, he looks like something. And whenever I went and looked this up, and I saw Quaid, I went, "Up." Oh. And then you start looking, and it, it literally is that weird amalgamation of two people's face into one. So, and that's I Jack, think that's Jack Quaid. Jack Quaid plays Huey Campbell. Right. He plays the main character, and he's the son he, of who? Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. Oh, and he does. I yeah. think he is stunningly good. I think he's great. I think his chemistry with Carl Urban is spot on. I think Carl Urban brings that grit that he needs to have. I think it's vastly interesting. Um, I think across the board, everyone that's cast in this, I'm kind of like, wow, I, I dig that, you know, the the main hero of uh what's his name homelander mm -hmm. is a guy that i had to look at and was like i've seen him before and he's a he's a guy that's never had that big break he just has that right perfectly square jaw to be the the superman of the world mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he's flawed um you've got elizabeth shoe as sort of the corporate person and i elizabeth shoe man she's I, wonderful i'm so glad to see her back she can even in a bad movie, she can do no wrong. And I think I think this is really well constructed. The last person I'm going to bring up is Chase Crawford, who plays a character called The Deep. And that's simply because Chase Crawford is from this part of the world. And I don't know if you know this, that's Tony Romo's brother-in-law. Really? Yeah. He's, who? He, Chase Crawford, the one that plays The Deep. Oh, really? Yeah, that's Tony Romo's brother-in-law. Okay, and that's, so I bring this IMDb. up because if the kind listeners don't know, Jeff and I share a love of the Dallas Cowboys, Tony Romo being the former quarterback. Yeah, and and a, and a good commentator as well. i got to find the deep, the deep, Chance Crawford. He's Tony Romo's brother-in-law. Wow, okay. Um, I thought I thought the, the gal that plays Annie January, which I give that, oh, yeah. I give that character name 
a negative five. See, I think it's perfect. Um, it says she, simple and the beginning. She just hit me too much as the 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 blonde superhero uh, hero cheerleader on Heroes. Yeah, but who's to say that that wasn't inspired? But I don't know when the comic of this came out. I'd have to right, look right, that right, up right, real right. quick. And I'm I, even, and I'm being ooey gooey on it, but uh, yeah. And I and Simon Pegg's in it. That's worth mentioning. Which again, his American accent uh, makes me want to uh, run through a, a I don't know a thorn bush. It's, it's a little well, violent, the, but not you, too violent. Do you want to know why he's in it? He's probably producing it. Nope. He is cast very intentional because I've got the article here. Oh. Why that cameo in Amazon's The Boys is more significant than it looks. So he is cast as Huey's dad, but when they drew the comic. I'm going to I'm going to put this out here for you in our, our rundown so you can see it. Oh, OK, cool. Um, the artist formerly known as Prince Simon Pegg's face as the basis for the character of Huey in the comic book. So they thought it would fun, be fun to actually pay homage to Simon Pegg and cast him as Huey's dad in the TV show. So there's uh, a real reason that they did that. OK, and I, I I told Jeff, I think I'm having the shock he had with <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. He expected me to love it. And so the more I do this and share these pop culture things with you, I come to know what I expect of you as well. Right. And I thought, oh, this is perfect for Jeff. It's kind of funny. It's irreverent. It's fast paced. It very rarely slows down. And when it does slow down, it's only to give you a big moment. So when you told me this morning, you were kind of, yeah, I was like, I'm trying hard. I'm like, I'm having to find myself. Uh, I find myself wanting to fast forward through scenes. Um, <sighs> and I'm finding myself um, just kind of like, like, and we can't, I don't want to bring too much up because I don't want to spoil anything for you because you haven't seen it yet. But there's also some other things that happen that to me are just kind of like, okay. Um, but I, I want to, I will continue to watch it and we can do a follow up on it as far as, uh, uh, you know, the kind listener and everything. Cause I, you know, I want to kind of see where it goes. So, I mean, and, and it is, again, it's Amazon's highest rated, most popular show that they've ever produced. So, I mean, there must be something right on, I think on, on IMDb, it's getting like 9.0 on Medicare. Yeah. So there's something there. Um, and I could just be looking at it through the wrong lenses, um, but I'll continue I mean to look at it. I'm going to have to ask Richard and Sean of Men of the A's because they're both, oh, yeah. you know, Richard owns a comic book store. Sean is a comic nerd to the nth degree. I'm going to have to ask them how accurate it stays to the books because this is brought to us by the same team that brought Preacher yeah. to TV. And that's Seth Rogen and his producing partner. Right. And Preacher does not follow the comic. I read all of Preacher, loved it. It has characters, notes of, but it's a, it's almost a different story. And it's one of the right. reasons that I actually quit watching it just because I was like, hey, I don't need this story. I want this. So I'm curious to see how close it stays to the books, but I'm very intrigued by it. I, yeah. I have said before how tired of superhero entertainment I am, even though I do read comics as people give them to me. I'm looking across at Astro City, which is a great comic by Kurt Busiek, that's almost the same thing. What if superheroes exist, but instead of telling the story of the superheroes, it tells the people of the city that see superhero things going on. Terrible things continue to happen in the everyday person's life, but the superheroes are around them. Right. And I almost wish that would be turned into a TV show because it's a very interesting, different look. But I'm I'm tired of superhero entertainment just yes. to the point where it's like, it's the same beats again and again yeah. and again. So that's where at least my interest is probably immediately this, peaked by this type of show. This is different for sure. And that got it. That got a lot of points just because it is. Mm -hmm. 
hey, maybe you can use your uh, Minute of the Apes ties, and I'd love to try and maybe have uh, a four-way call uh, with those with those two cats, maybe after they've had a chance to see it, so we can do a follow up. Because again, well, you know what? This maybe this week I we, we do a segment that's released on the weekends called In Between. Let me see if I can't arrange to have the four of us together, and yeah. we'll, we can put them out on both other kind and mid the yeah, same yeah. segment. Because you know, I I remember when I fell in love with comics. Uh, I was a huge X Men fan, and I do that. You know, reading it in comic book form is so much different, and it is, I know it's illustrated, so it's not like a regular book where your your imagination is driving everything, but there is that those episodes, those, those issues of, of comic books that really focus on the backstory. And I, that may be one thing that's tripping me up here is, um, and just like you educated me, like in ready player one, there were so many beautiful things in the book that they just couldn't do on the film because it just doesn't translate well. So it'll be interesting to hear from, uh, the, uh, men of the apes guys, if it is following the, the comic book and two, I'm sure that the, the backstory on some of these heroes is a little bit more, and, I, and 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 they're starting to do that around episode five, episode I think it's episode five or six was the first one that that starts out six months earlier, six years earlier, something like okay. that. So they're getting into it, and maybe they're just kind of getting in the meat of the the crux. But again, it is uh, on Amazon Prime. It's called The Boys, and we'll come back and revisit, maybe do that special episode. Where we can get a little more information for the kind listener. For me, it's a definitely check it out. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say that this is a bad show or that you won't be interested in it. Obviously, uh, Todd has has a, a more favorable view of it, but I definitely think we agree in one area, and that is go check it out. Without question. Cool. All right. Well, that's everything I've got on our run sheet. Um, I did see on social media that uh, Boombox Dive Bar Dive Bar Boombox is is still cracking at it um how's that going really well we played at a uh, place in garland which is another suburb of dallas the other night we played at a, a neat little establishment establishment called the intrinsic smokehouse uh, it's a brew pub um barbecue place that took a building next door to it that i found that had burned down and the only thing that was left was the shell of the building mm. they hauled it out put a stage in there and it's really cool nice uh, we had a great time I and like- Dive bar just keeps chugging along. I like that because I mean, you know, you and I have been friends for a long time, and I and I've always tried to be the type of friend, and and not, not just because we were friends, but because I enjoy, uh, you know, superstar Steve and you when you guys get together and do your your gigs at Eno's and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That, that that were smaller stages, and nothing wrong with those places. They're they're fun to go to, but um, it's almost and this will sound a little selfish on my part. I'm just, I'm a little sad that, uh, I haven't got to see you play in some of these bigger venues, you know, and of course it's a bigger band and everything. And I'm just excited by the fact that, you know, you've got a following now and you're getting those, those, um, those bookings in, in some of those better known venues. Do, have you, have you expanded the, uh, the, your library or music library? Well, it's funny you say that because, you know, last night before drinks turned things <laughs> aggressive, when drinks uh, turned the, good, the good friend that I'm with, you know, actually has uh, a playlist playing in the room. And he's like, dude, you need to listen to this. And it was 90s one hit wonders. So oh, just last yeah. night, I'm trying to get into I have a little app here where I keep all my songs. And this is going to take a minute to scroll since Jeff threw a curveball to me. Do but you, if you don't know, the, do you guys have a big boom box you go and you put on the stage and that's like the first thing that you see. 
Well, it's funny you say that because my keyboardist wanted to do that, and I'm still a little hesitant to do that. And I'm like, you, maybe a little too on the nose. And then you and then you walk out, and you've got like a jean jacket with a collar popping on it, and maybe a polo underneath it with some Ray-Bans, and you pull okay, those yeah, off. that's never going to happen. <laughs> um, and you pull them off, and you go, we're dead by boombox. Who are you? So, it, I swear to God. <laughs> Uh, is that going to be the opening line from a movie eventually is right. we'll have the cheesy 80 synthesizer. And uh, so if you don't know the conceit of dive bar, what we do is we, we take Americana settings, meaning there's a fiddle, there's a banjo piano, all these kind of things, but we play the hits of the eighties and nineties. So that's why when a friend I go in, he's like, you got to listen to this. Yeah. And he starts playing out, uh, what's up by four non-blondes with a hey 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 what's going on that song um mambo number five hit me and i was like well you could do something yeah fun with you that. could ice ice baby hit me and i thought oh, well God. i'm not saying no because just this past week the our multi-instrumentalist who plays john who plays banjo and ukulele guitar keyboards came in and said why can't we do what's love got to do with it but let's do it as a bluegrass song and so now it is literally like boom, ding, 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 ding. oh what's love got to do got to do with it and you know it's fun and people hear it the fun thing about this is they'll hear a song and kind of go why do i know that song and by the time they figure it out they've forgotten we're doing it in a different way and they're singing along and yeah. having a good time yeah, yeah. and that's all we want and i do ridiculous uh intros like that because a uh i've never been in a band and two there's one thing I'm good at is bad ideas. So thank you for letting me have a, an outlet there as far as things you will never do poor, or probably ever let me come see you guys play. Like, oh, yeah, we're playing at Joe's Tavern and I'll get there and like, oh, no, that we do. They were here three playing. weeks ago. Yeah. What? what? It'll be just like you buying a ticket for Blinded by the Life. <laughs> always about 10 days ahead of you. Good Lord. Well, I was just checking your um, your um, page on YouTube as well. Um let me know when you guys get a new video up there and uh we'll make yeah, sure we, I, we feature it on you the know show i again. need you here jeff because i tried to record something the other night and that's the thing i hate about being the video guy oh yeah it's also in the band and you turn the cameras on and by the time you get to the song you want to record one of the cameras has stopped working yeah. and it's just like well, well we'll we'll try and get that worked out so that's dive bar boombox that's uh that's todd's uh other um life and 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 cool thing that he's doing so if you're in dallas and i know we have a number of listeners there uh make sure you swing out and uh hey tell them that uh tell them that you're a kind listener and maybe todd will you know give you a t-shirt or his t-shirt or someone else's t-shirt or maybe he'll buy you a beer i don't know there's a t-shirt somewhere in there um <laughs> do you guys have t-shirts we don't, well, that's but I'm perfect. trying to figure out what I'm going to wear once I give away the T-shirt I'm wearing on stage. We're sold out. We sold out. Real yes. quick before we uh, we call it a show, I do want to uh, thank everybody. We had a really good week uh, listenership-wise and just thought it worth mentioning that we had a couple listeners from Spain. Uh, France is still listening even after my horrible accent and terrible joke uh, as of last week. So thank you, France, for having a kind heart. And continuing to listen so um with that uh any dates you got for upcoming shows or anything you want to you want to plug uh, we are playing at the tavern on the square in frisco that is on august 22nd that's our next gig we we, we space them about once every two weeks so okay. it's coming soon and again if you're uh, curious as to their sound then just go over to youtube.com and type in type in dive bar boombox and that'll bring it up uh, next week, we are going to talk about the movie that I went to that was uh, 
I was a wee bit early on. Blinded by the Light, inspired by the music from Bruce Springsteen. We'll talk about that. We'll have Jeff Sturzman on. We'll have uh, some new opening liners for you to listen to. Uh, I want to thank everybody again for listening and joining us for this episode of The Other Kind Radio. Have a great week. And remember, we are The Other Kind Radio. The Other Kind Radio. The other kind of radio talk radio. The other kind of radio talk radio.